Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and we kind of break it down, whether we thought it was good or bad, and then uh, we talk about whether it would make for a good date movie with your significant other. And so this week, we're talking about David Gordon Green's Halloween which is the 11th entry in the Halloween series, which began back in 1978 with John Carpenter's original. This movie, it brings back Jamie Lee Curtis, which is, I think, one reason why a lot of people are excited for this one. And it opened this weekend pretty huge. It opened to about $77 million, and it has 80% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So this is overall a well-received movie. And, you know, the horror community, horror fans... They can be really hard to please, um, but this one seems to have gone over pretty well. And so, Except with me. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's you know that's that's our segue. Um, you're not really a big slasher movie fan. I am not, um, but I love a good suspense thriller. I love you know uh, movies like Insidious and The Conjuring and Paranormal Activity, The Ring comes to mind but have you seen any of the halloween movies prior to this one i have not um (laughs) (laughs) i have not and um based on this movie i made the right choice i did not enjoy this film as much as my husband did over here he don't spoil it (laughs) you don't know he is I'm not, listen, I'm not a slasher, I'm not a slasher movie uh, fan. I'm not a huge slasher movie fan, but I do like this series, especially the first one. I mean, the first Halloween, you can uh, hold it up against Psycho, you can hold it up against Jaws, you can hold it up against The Exorcist, as far as just really classic, influential horror movies. I mean, as far as the slasher genre, which is a little more disreputable, it popularized that, but it's, it's a lot better than its sequels. You know, the sequels are really hit or miss. Yeah. Well, my my whole thing with this movie, I just, I, I thought it was a little boring. I wasn't really scared. You could always tell when the scary part was coming. And so you kind of like brace yourself. I think there was maybe like two times where I like jumped out of my seat. And I expect, you know, a movie like this that I am... I am be, biting my you nails. Be shitting your pants. I want to be cuddling next to you. <laughs> I want you to hold me. You thought now you thought the nun was pretty scary, right? I did. That you like, was you like nuts. Your, you like your jump scares. Yes. Okay. Some people would say that that's a cheap form of horror. Dude. You, you just know, crank up a loud sound, you jump out of your seat, something pops out of the shadows. That's easy. But it's doing its job. I mean, that <laughs> makes me... So you, you didn't find... Did you find any of the movies suspenseful? Any of the... Mm-mm. None of the scenes were suspenseful Mm-mm. to you? Interesting. No, and to be honest, like I thought the killings were a little... I don't know. It was, it was intense. Like The killings were intense, but I think it went a little overboard. And, like, disfiguring a jaw, you know, the, the couple in the bathroom. That's a brutal scene. It was, it was too brutal. I mean, it was brutal. It, it just... A lot, a lot of brutality in this movie. Yeah, there was a ton of brutality in this movie. <laughs> so you wouldn't recommend it, I, I guess, to someone who, who's squeamish? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider it to be that... I didn't see you, like, hiding your eyes. No. Like, oh, I can't handle no. this. No. No, it wasn't like that. I thought the... I guess the, the makeup and the after effects and, you know, all of that wasn't realistic. Okay. So it didn't really make me... It didn't feel that, that uh -uh. real to you. Okay. No. And, and the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis, like, her character... Yeah. Spent 25 years... 40 years. 40 years, whatever, building that <laughs> house. And, like, making it a prison. She's, she's traumatized. I get it, but she, I mean, her character just threw away her kid because she couldn't get her act together. To me, yeah, she was a badass, but more of a badass would be getting your act together and, like, moving on with your life. Now, I guess to be fair, you haven't seen the original, so you don't even know what trauma she went through. I can only imagine. <laughs> I can guess. Okay, like it, it's. But that okay. So you're and, saying, and I have a feeling that this movie was probably a lot like the original as far as you know the, the, the plots, the structure, yeah. everything. So it's, sure, you know, I, I I've seen it. <laughs> so you, you didn't you didn't find Jamie Lee Curtis's character compelling? Just how she's this I mean, kind she's, of traumatized survivor, and how she's kind of dedicated her life to maybe one day reconfronting this horror that she lived through. I mean, uh, and, she and how that's kind of affected her family. Yeah, you didn't think that was interesting. Uh, -uh. I just, I, I just wasn't a fan of this movie. <laughs> I mean, that's, why did you like it? That's fair. Or didn't like, <laughs> don't like it. Yeah, you don't know. I know, you right? Were sitting right next to me. No, I, uh, I, I was really satisfied by the movie. It, it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It was what I expected, and that, you know, that was satisfying for me. I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was the best thing about it. And I thought bringing Michael Myers back to this kind of unstoppable, unknowable force <clears throat> of terror who doesn't have like a familial connection. It's just, he's just this dedicated monster who's just going to kill anyone who's in his path. You know, that that's part of what made the first one really work. And bringing it back to that was really satisfying. And just the, the deepening of Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, Laurie Strode felt appropriate and satisfying. I thought, you don't, you don't see that level of characterization in normal slasher movies. And I thought it was really suspenseful. You know, that big set piece with the reporters, the podcasters, yeah. um, <laughs> where they're just kind of like brutally killed in that gas station. I thought that was really effective. And when she's kind of like hiding in the stall... That whole sequence was pretty suspenseful. Oh, yeah. One of the big plot twists, I, I guessed, immediately. Right. That's... Yeah, we're going to go into spoilers here. But, yeah, that that plot twist with the law enforcement guy who sprung Michael Myers <laughs> from the prison bus. I, no, he wasn't law enforcement. He was his doctor. His doctor. Okay. Yeah. Was, well, at certain like, he's working with law enforcement. Well, yeah, he was working with law. He was working at the the mental institution or right. like the mental institution slash prison thing. Yeah, that no, he you're was right. You're in, right. and you know, obviously, like I could so tell, like right when the podcasters come. I mean, the doctor wants to see Michael Myers in his in his environment, and right. he's been <laughs> withdrawn. He hasn't spoken and. He wanted to know who this guy was, but let, let's be real. Like, Michael Myers just wanted to kill people. 
Right. Like, there's no backstory. Right. There's nothing. Well, yeah, the only way that you can really buy it is if this doctor himself is insane. Which he is. Right. <laughs> so that's probably the least credible yeah. aspect of this story. It didn't really, like, ruin it for me. And how, how did Michael Myers find the podcasters at the gas station? Is that movie magic? <laughs> did he find... Was that just a coincidence? I, it wasn't a coincidence. No. <laughs> that, who got there first? The podcast? The podcaster stopped for gas, and then Michael Myers pulls up. He, like, must, he must have been following them. Is how? <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it. I, that, that's a good question. How did... That's a good question. Yeah. I'd have I, to rewatch I, it. I'm sure it's explained. It's not. <laughs> I'd have to rewatch it to comment... It's it's movie magic. Or like it's Michael Myers like and then sense of the mask. I I think he was following them. Yeah, but how? He was in a bus. (laughs) But he did he stole one of the cars, right? Yeah, he stole one of the cars. But he was in a bus completely away from these podcasters and then poof. He shows up at the gas station and brutally murders them in a bathroom. True. No, I'll bet there's a good reason. Oh, you bet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't remember it. Um, but no, I mean, look, it's, uh, I'm sure there are some narrative gaps, some, you know, plot inconsistencies. Oh, okay. I don't know. Danny McBride's a great writer. I don't know why he's not writing. Danny McBride is a really good writer. Eastbound and Down is a hilarious series. For who? For you. Yeah. Not for me. Okay. I remember on our wedding night, we had to watch Eastbound and Down. That's not true. Yeah. Or relevant. <laughs> but um, that's a great show, and Danny McBride is very talented. Danny McBride wrote this movie. He's one, of the, he's he's one, one of, of the co-writers. Writers. Yeah. And you can... I mean, there's moments of humor that I thought were pretty funny. Where? Like the babysitter and the little kid. The little kid was great. Yeah. I like the little kid. Yeah. We're talking like Alakazam. Yeah. Yeah. That feels like a Danny McBride bit. Again, he's a good enough writer where like it doesn't surprise me that he could stretch himself in this in this vein. So I guess, yeah, it didn't it just didn't work for you it overall. Did not, <laughs> it did not work for me. But that's, that's fair. I would say I wouldn't recommend it, but I mean, <laughs> how about okay? We, you and I, we saw this in uh, a Dolby theater. Would you recommend people see it in that kind of big format? Well, I guess so. I mean, any kind of horror movie or any kind of suspense movie needs the sound is so important. True. And, yeah. I mean, it needs to be heard in the Dolby. When speaking of, <clears throat> of sound, what about the score? Did you do you dig? That John Carpenter, like, kind of piano score. I don't want to, like, recreate it, but it's, like, a steady, like, yeah. It's staying true to, I guess, the It's one of the things that made the original so effective. It's that Michael Myers theme. Yeah. Did that work for you? No. Well, for me, it's it's just kind of played out, you know? I mean... Sure. It is the 11th... Yeah. Version the 11th installment in this series, and this series has broken con- its own continuity multiple times. It's been remade. I mean, there was a direct sequel to the original back in the 80s. 
And this one just says, mm, maybe there wasn't. <laughs> so it's, yeah, this is a series that has really kind of gone back and sort of retconned itself. Yeah. Question. Yeah. How did Lori get Lori all... Strode. Yeah. Yeah. Get all the money to do all those things with her house. Well, I mean, we're talking like over 40 years. It's not like she built it in a week. Movie magic. I guess she gets $3,000 <laughs> to have, you know, podcast interviews. Well, there's, hey, there's that money. Uh, you know, like as, as a victim of the original babysitter murders. She's gotten money, like doing interviews and maybe. such. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Writing a book. But it just seems like that wouldn't be her character. I guess that's a, that's a stretch. I mean, you know, this isn't a documentary. <laughs> Slasher movie about a man I in a like mask. realistic horror. But when you, but you, the nun is realistic horror. Oh, that was just good old fun. I guess to me, like the, this is my my idea of like good old good old horror fun. <laughs> but you you prefer like the like the, the supernatural kind of like bump in the night, the spook. Yeah. Spook in the closet. <laughs> spook in the closet. <laughs> well, and spook I guess under the bed. <laughs> Like, not having that Michael Myers background story and what causes him to tick. I know you talked about one of the sequels, but they the, threw all that out the window. The Rob Zombie remake. It was remade about 11 years ago by Rob Zombie. And he did, yeah, that movie does get into, it has a whole, like, opening act of Michael Myers' backstory. It's like Michael Myers Begins, sort of. That one wasn't really well received. Yeah. Because it turns out, you know, the more you know about a terrifying monster, it, it kind of demystifies it. And it takes away some of the unknowable menace. Yeah. I, I guess I just, you know. But you should, hey, give those Rob Zombie movies a shot. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> See, I'm, I was never big into Jason. Freddy Krueger scared the crap out of me. I just Nightmare can't. Nightmare on Elm Street is. Yeah. It's scary because it's really good filmmaking, yeah. which makes it scary. Yeah, see, I didn't think that this filmmaking was all that great. I mean, I think it could have been scarier and more suspenseful. And What would have made it scarier for you? If you knew more about Michael Myers? No, I mean, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. Like, I just, I can't explain. You just, you don't like seeing people, like, stalked and slashed. Not that's, really. That's not... <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's not your bag. And I But there's not much behind it though. Like there's no story behind it. He's just going into a random neighborhood and it just so happens to be the neighborhood of well, the story is, you know, Lori's daughter and granddaughter and the the, the real story is <clears throat> Lori Strode and uh, just her shit with her yeah. family. I would have probably not want to see the um the high school uh, aspect of it. Well, you got to set up fresh meat. To be killed. But do you? I mean, he's going into <laughs> random houses. I mean, why? I mean, oh, it's That's an the element. aspect between her and her daughter is great. Like, I like that tension. I like that You, you didn't care aspect. about the teens. I didn't care. I mean, it was We gotta set up his, his killing ground. We gotta set up these annoying douches who we want to see slashed. And then, that's what happens. Her boyfriend wasn't slashed. Which one? Which dude? 
I mean, not the stoner dude. The stoner dude was slashed. All the all the dudes were killed. No, her boyfriend at the party. She left him at the party. Remember, she he because he was just a dick. He was just an. an, I I would have liked to see that. Would have been a little satisfying for me. He didn't get killed. No, his Mm. friend got killed. Okay, and strung up on a on a fence. The the worst aspect of slasher movies in general is. These like big scary dudes with knives kind of preying on like young women and kind of brutalizing them. Often these women are topless. <laughs> That's what kind of gives this genre its disreputable kind of reputation. But this movie deals with that by having the survivors be three generations of the Strodes, like Grandma Strode. Mama Strode, and then the little baby Strode, <laughs> the teenager. <laughs> the little baby, the, the, the yeah, the teenager. And I thought, and the three of them, that whole climax, and the three of them kind of like banding together to take down Michael Myers. That was maybe the most uh, satisfying part for me. And it, watching it, I was worried, like, are they going to blow the ending? Because a lot of these, a lot of these sequels, like the ending sucks. But the ending was great. I thought. Did you enjoy the ending? Like seeing them kind of team team up well, together making, and the way they kind of uh, thwarted him. Yeah, but we don't end up see, we don't see his dead body. Well, there's got to be a part two. Yeah, so <laughs> like I don't. It wasn't satisfying because I mean obviously there's. But you can be assume you can assume in the moment you know like okay they probably got him. He's trapped down there. Steel bars, you know. Yeah, so you can feel some satisfaction in the moment. And he's just like looking up at them while drops the <laughs> the torch or something or like the lighter or something like that. Yeah. I'm just like, all right. So I'm glad this is over. Like, yes. <laughs> Finally over. <laughs> yes. I mean, it could be that, you know, we, we saw it late at night. And, <laughs> it was know. seven o'clock. Well, I, you know, working. We're, we're both sick. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That. <laughs> we are both sick right now. <laughs> So yeah, you didn't you didn't personally enjoy it. What about like would this make could you see this being a good date movie? I guess for people that, you know, maybe like this type of movie. You gotta like slash. Yeah. But like I said, like there wasn't that many times where I wanted to go and I wanted <laughs> to Oh Patrick, come cuddle me. Right. And save me. Oh my god, I'm so scared. I didn't have those moments. I mean maybe I'm just You definitely had those moments during the nun. I did, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, for me, for for a female's perspective, you know, horror film, that's what it's all about. That's, you know, you, you're sitting next to your date. Right. You know, if this is a first date, you know, it's an opportunity for, you know, um, a handhold or... Hand job. Or, like, an <laughs> arm around the shoulder or something. Right. Um, okay, so you're saying you, you got to be a fan of the genre. Yeah. To, to really enjoy it. Yeah. What about you? I, um, no, I, I enjoyed it. But, you know, again, horror is really divisive. Horror is really subjective. Uh, so if you're, yeah, you have to be a fan of the series, mm-hmm. I think, to even want to see it. I kind of dragged you to it. You did kind of drag me to it. This is not a movie you would have uh-uh. seen. No. <laughs> if, I was in, if we weren't doing this little podcast. <laughs> That's a gift to the listeners. Uh, <laughs> you, that you went for their benefit. Right, right. I, yeah, I would recommend it for a date. You know, if, I mean, teens, you know, if you can, like, sneak in, that's a good time. Well, yeah, it's rated R. Yeah. No, if I was, like, if I was in high school, if I was, like, 14 or 15 and this was out, yeah, I'd be all about it. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I'm 36 and I'm all about it. So, the, so it was language and violence, obviously, but there is one uh, topless scene in this movie. So just, just FYI. Yeah, so remember when they went back and they were talking about him killing his sister? His sister was topless. That was a flashback to the original. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's what I'm talking about, the kind of the exploitative nature yeah. of these, which is unfortunate, but I do think the movie savvily addresses. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that, that sort of wraps it up. Yeah. You're, you're no on it. I know. I, I enjoy it. <laughs> that's it for this week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast. And I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. And until next time. 